Our lesson for the message today comes from Romans chapter 3. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of our sin. But now our righteousness from God apart from law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood, He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? No. But on that of faith, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. And so ends our reading. Grace and peace be with you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I remember a conversation that I had with one of my best friends in sixth grade. And I come from Pakistan, so it's a Muslim country. And my best friend was also Muslim. And uh, we were talking about religion and afterlife. And so as our conversation progressed, I asked him that, well, how do you think that we get to heaven? And he told me, well, What he believed was that on the last day, God will take your good deeds and bad and weigh them, kind of like on a scale. And if your good deeds outweigh your bad, well, then you will be rewarded and you will go to heaven. Well, after thinking about that for 10 seconds, I asked another obvious question. Well, what happens if your bad deeds outweigh your good ones? And he said, well... In that case, you have to be punished, so God will send you to hell. But he also added another interesting detail. He said, well, as Muslims, we believe that if we are punished and we go to hell, well, we only stay there for our punishment. And once we are punished for our bad deeds and the scale balances itself, we can join our brothers in heaven. This really intrigued me. And so, after thinking about this concept for a while, I asked him, do you think you will go to heaven? And he said, well, of course. I pray five times a day. That's how Muslims pray. They pray five times a day. Uh, He said that, well, I honor my parents. I am pretty good at school. I do my work diligently, which he was. He was good at school and he did his work diligently. So he said, well, I think on the last day, God will see all the good that I have done. And I think it will outweigh the bad. 
to my sixth grade mindset, which was not very in tune with biblical truths, uh, this sounded like a good deal. I mean, I started thinking about the scale and I started thinking about my life and I thought that, well, my mother reads me Bible. My father, he takes uh, devotions in his hospital and also at our house. We go to church. We, uh, we, give, our, uh, we give our gifts and... Uh, we also praise the Lord. I mean, I pray sometimes, uh, not as much as my friend does who prays five times, but I think still the odds are in my favor. I mean, I, I think I'm a decent kid. I, I honor my parents too. And as I was thinking about this idea of scale, I didn't stop there. I took it a little further. I thought, well, I guess since we just have to tilt the scale in our favor, so I guess it's okay once in a while if I'm tackling one of my friends in soccer, I can badmouth a little bit. I thought to myself, well, I think once in a while if I don't really feel like doing homework, I guess uh, I can make an excuse and get away from it. Because at the end of the day, I guess all I have to do is do something good, maybe say a few prayers, and the scale will balance itself. It made sense. And the reason it made sense is because it is something that as humans we learn from the very beginning. We have different scales of different scales of morals and ethics. Uh, from the very beginning, I mean, if you're a parent with young children here, you know that, well, you try to teach them the best. And uh, if they are being naughty or if they are doing something bad, well, you forbid them or you punish them in some way. And if they are being good, you encourage them. Also, as we grow older, we go to high schools and middle schools. We do have protocols to follow. If the student is doing well, it will show on their report card. Uh, if the student is doing bad, well... They might have to go to the dean's office, might have to have a conversation. If they're doing really bad, well, I guess they can be suspended or expelled. The same thing happens as we enter our professional lives. If you're an employee and if you're trying to do your best of the best, well, maybe, just maybe your boss will see your hard work and uh, he will make you and he will reward you with making you the employee of the month for the next month. But if you're being bad or if you're slacking at your work, well, maybe you'll have to have an awkward conversation with your boss who probably has someone else lined up to fill your position. We see these scales in our governments too. We try to, we know the laws of our governments and we try to follow them to the best of our efforts. We give it our best effort and uh, it is because we know that Either if we don't follow them, then we'll be fined, or we could even end up in jail. So in a nutshell, I guess the whole world operates on different scales. And it works. It makes sense. So why not then apply the same principle, if we are applying that to our practical life, why not apply it also to our spiritual lives? And we do. Because... It makes sense. I mean, if we see in different religions, uh, I already talked about Islam, but if we see in Hinduism, well, the Hindus believe that they have to do good in this life so that 
in the next life when they are reincarnated, they can be reincarnated as someone better or even as a better creature. We see the same kind of principle in Buddhism, which believes that, well, human life is a life full of suffering. So physical labor and spiritual labor is very important. And if you do it enough, maybe maybe you're able to tilt that scale and maybe you're able to achieve enlightenment or, or nirvana. We see that idea in Judaism too, which believes that God communicated to people through his prophets and he punishes evil and rewards good. It makes sense and that is probably why it didn't just stick to other religions, but it also took roots in early Christianity. And why wouldn't it? I mean, the Old Testament is full of God's law. And I think that is why, as Apostle Paul was preaching and he was trying to communicate these truths, that is why people were struggling to understand The Jews, on one hand, they wanted to stick to their older practices and they wanted to balance the scales by trying to achieve righteousness, by doing good. On the other hand, the Greeks, they, as they listened to Apostle Paul, they were struggling too and they wanted to kind of apply their own wisdom and philosophy to the words of Apostle Paul. And that is something that Apostle Paul tells us in our, one of our readings today in 1 Corinthians as he says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. It makes sense. Until it doesn't. See, when we start thinking about our spiritual lives hanging in a scale, well then it almost becomes like a game. And in that game there are three types of players. First ones are the achievers. Oh, these are the people who put their blood and sweat into trying to make their spiritual lives better. The second type of players are the survivors. These are the people who do not really want to do too much, but just enough so that they can make the cut, so that they can kind of survive. And the third type of players, I like to call these the innovators. These try to look at the scales and try to experiment with them. They try to push the boundaries and try to see how far is too far. See, brothers and sisters, this idea of scales, it made sense to me and my sixth grade mindset. But as I started growing older, I started realizing that it would not work because I started becoming aware of sin. I started seeing its ugliness, how it can destroy families, how it can destroy long-term relationships, maybe because of anger, jealousy, envy, how it can destroy people's reputations, how people's honor and their integrity can just be wiped away from them and taken away from them. And honestly, I didn't just see it in other people. This ugliness of sin, I also see it in myself from time to time. I mean, sin can get very ugly. It can make you desperate. It can make you desire things that even though you know that they are wrong, but 
you just want to give in. You just want to play with the fire just a little bit. And sometimes when you try that, before you know it, you get burned. And then, then we go through the motions of those three players. Sometimes we like to become the achievers. We try to put our blood and sweat into everything that we do spiritually so that we can hide those scars, so that we can hide that guilt because it's too much. Sometimes because of our sins, we kind of become numb and we start walking on the eggshells, becoming that second kind of player, the survivor. We just want to survive in that place. Not do too much, not do too little. Going into the world wearing masks, showing the world that we are okay, but once we are in our solitude, giving in to sin once again. And sometimes we like to become those innovators, trying to push God's grace and seeing how far is too far. Some of you here today might still feel that you're in the clear and maybe these problems, they don't really connect to you. But I will urge you, brothers and sisters, to think again. Because the scale that God uses for his justice is not like these other religions. It is a scale that requires holiness, perfection, and righteousness. Which means that even if a speckle of sin, if it's found on your scale, well, the scale tilts away and it leads to our damnation. Because our God, He is a holy God. Our God is a righteous God. And our God is a perfect God. And He demands those things from His people. And I think that is what God was trying to teach the people in Old Testament. His chosen people who were trying to make their own religions, trying to make their own rules. Well, God said that you want the law, so here it is. Now this is a perfect law, so now follow it to the fullness. Now don't be like that achiever who thinks that if you follow it 95%, you made the cut. Do not be like that survivor who thinks that passing 65% is the passing rate, so I guess I made the cut. And especially, do not be like that innovator trying to bend the rules. You wanted the law, here it is, now follow it fully. Because for God and in, in His eyes, sin is sin. It is nothing more, it is nothing less. It is not bigger, it is not smaller, it does not have different weights, but if it is found in your scale of judgment, then, well, it tilts the whole scale away from our salvation and leads to our damnation. That is something that James tells us in chapter 2 as he says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Brothers and sisters, I think that Paul is trying to tell us here that the scale, as I said earlier, that God uses is not like other religions, and it is impossible to achieve that righteousness in the sinful world. And that is something that Jesus also tells us 
in Mark chapter 10, as Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible. It is impossible for us to be justified ourselves. It is impossible for us to earn our salvation. So I guess then my next question is, what is your plan? What is my plan? Well, brothers and sisters, if you do not have a plan, I surely don't, but I can share with you God's plan. Because in those words that I just said earlier, as Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, he also said in the same verse, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And that is the plan that God had for us. He knew that we couldn't earn our salvation ourselves, so he sent Christ Jesus in this world. So that when Jesus comes into this world, he lives a perfect life. His perfect sacrifice ultimately tilts the scales. His perfect sacrifice, his suffering, his perfect life, that is what makes justice. So that once and for all, justice is served. So that we do not have to try and climb our way up to heaven, trying to reach and taste that righteousness, that holiness, But God is the one who extends his hand down to us, his gracious hand, and robes us with his righteousness. That is what Paul was trying to communicate with people. And I think that is the idea that a monk understood 500 years ago named Martin Luther once his eyes were opened through faith he started understanding that his monk lifestyle, the pursuit that he had, the pursuit for perfection, the pursuit for holiness, the per- pursuit for righteousness, it is an endless pursuit because that does not exist in a sinful world. But at the same time, he also realized that 2,000 years ago, that righteousness, that holiness, and that perfection it walked the earth in form of Jesus Christ. And I think that is why, that is why our confession, that is why our slogan of Lutheran Church, it is so accurate that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the scriptures alone, for the glory of God alone. If you see all these five different solas, one general trend you will see at least in the first four is that these are not the things that come through us or come from within us, but these are things that are given to us. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what makes us Christians. Not by the things that we do, but knowing what is given to us. Scriptures given through us through prophets. Faith given through us to, through baptism and through Holy Spirit. Grace shown to us in form of Jesus Christ, which eventually leads us to give glory to our God. And that is what Paul was talking about. 
He wasn't talking about all the scales that other religions use, but he was talking about God's scale of justice, which does require perfection. And he was talking about that that perfection and that justification has already been given to us. As he says, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sins. The righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption by Christ Jesus. And he ends with, For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. So brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in him who tips the scales once and for all in your and mine favor. Rejoice in the Lord that has given you faith. Because in this world, this truth exists. And God has shared this truth with all people, but not all believe. A lot of people, they reject this truth. But rejoice in the fact that since he has given you faith, since he has given me faith, since he has opened our eyes, we can believe in this truth. And as we rejoice in all these things, let us serve our Lord with joy and gladness. Because as Apostle Paul says, we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of law. Amen.